You're on time to talk sports with raw mind. Game day, who plays with updates of all kinds? From press box to sideline, who got cut, who got signed? Who's clutch when it's crunch time? The starting lineup or the pine? These athletes compete, some without even trying. You want a championship, you gotta grind. When them bright lights shine, and this game go nine. They gon' cover the story, not quite like Ryan. Exclusive interviews, dudes plug like Mike Line. He's got the inside scoop of why, who got fine? Prime, time, got the game statistics. I could say, if you wasn't at the game, you missed it. But now, raw mind sports covers the distance. Front row, that's close, like a coach's assistant. You wanna be in the know? Eyes open and listen. This is raw mind sports, another edition. Special day today. It's a special day. I done had like a show earlier. Now we get another show. Then we get the councilman coming on later. We have Mr. Inside Carolina himself, Ross Martin, in here. And I know a lot of my fans are like, you got a Carolina guy there, which I still have respect for Carolina. And I have a lot of Carolina fans that probably ready to hear from Ross Martin. But before we start, you know the drill. And welcome, Man. welcome. <laughs> you got some great, got some graphics there, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do. <laughs> man, man, man. Welcome to Raw Mind Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Jones. I have Mr. Inside Carolina himself, Ross Martin, who covers all UNC sports. I want to say I might be wrong, but I know one thing. Every time I turn around on Instagram, this guy is on the road somewhere with the Tar Heels. <laughs> <laughs> Ross, how you doing today, man? I'm good, Ryan. Appreciate you having me on. Um, yeah, coming off the uh, Final Four run, it was pretty exciting. Did not expect Tar Heels to make it that far. So, kind of unexpected, unexpected um, you know, trip through the NCAA tournament to the Final Four in New Orleans, which is always fun. It's, it's, when you're, you have a team that's on a run, man, it's fun. Anybody who covers college basketball, it's, it's one of the most fun things to do is cover a team that's that's making a run through the NCAA tournament. So, I've, I've been lucky to, to go to three Final Fours now. And, and three national championship games. Um, and so it was really cool to um, to kind of be with the Tar Heels for that run. Man, so I'm going to ask you a, a quick question before we get started. Like, um, tell the viewers about yourself. And also, like, how did you get started with Inside Carolina? Yeah, so I used to work for um, 24-7 Sports, which um, is kind of like the parent company of Inside Carolina. But uh, um, back in, uh, in Nashville, I, I started as an intern for 24-7 Sports way back, like 2011, 12, 13 range. And I was doing some stuff for them, kind of for their big website, 24-7 Sports covers like recruiting. And they're like the parent company for all these team sites. Um, they do a lot of football recruiting, basketball recruiting, and then they have these team sites, which is like their big money maker for like subscriptions, message board. It's like a, a very niche message board community with all these different team sites. So I was with them for like like three or four years, I think. And I was running there. I ended up running their Carolina site, their UNC site called Carolina Blue. It was kind of just me 
trying to do what I could with recruiting and, and covering the team. And they moved me to Chapel Hill um, to cover UNC and recruiting. It was just me working for this one site. And then CBS Sports bought, acquired 24-7 Sports. And so then I was nice. working for CBS Sports and 24-7 Sports. And then like a year later, that whole company acquired Scout.com. Okay. And that's where Inside Carolina was. So when when Inside Carolina got acquired, or when they got when Scout got acquired by twenty four seven Sports and CBS, they moved me over to Inside Carolina. Inside Carolina is like the premier place for UNC sports. So it was a good move for me professionally uh, to join the guys over Inside Carolina. Um, it's a vibrant mesh sport community. Um, you know, a lot of resources to cover the team, and it's been awesome. Um, I've been with them since two thousand seventeen. I started uh, fall two thousand seventeen. Man, that's pretty cool. So even though you was in Tennessee, Nashville, Tennessee, you didn't get no um Knoxville, no Tennessee ball hate. Like, man, this guy covering Carolina. He's in Tennessee. Why is he yeah. doing this? <laughs> yeah, I was covering kind of like lightly from afar, just kind of doing like Facebook traffic and stuff. And they moved me to Na to Chapel Hill to cover them. But the, the company, 24-7 Sports, is based out of Brentwood, Tennessee. So I was started there. At their headquarters um it was kind of weird kind of covering them from afar so i ended up moving i'm from i'm from greensboro north carolina so moving to, to um back to north carolina made sense and come back to chapel hill where i went to, went to school made sense as well so it's been a good move uh, i've been here for seven years now which is kind of crazy man it's pretty cool what they say before we go into the other topic essential collections essential collections by monica rich she has authentic products from Bad products, facial products. She even got my beard straight, Ross. You know, I'm trying to get grow a little beard here, Ross. Love <laughs> it. Use a, <laughs> <laughs> a website, www.essentialcollections.square.net. Use a promo code RAWMIND. Use promo code RAWMIND. You get a 15% discount on all her products. So, you know, she has it all, man. You never know, uh, Ross. You never know. You might want to show that off on Inside Carolina. With there you me. go. <laughs> there you go. Good ad read there. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks. So, uh, now, how, now with Carolina this year, so we, I guess we'll go into that because I know you see covered them for all their four national championships. Like, like, tell me which one was the I, – I might already have the answer. What was the most surprising run to you out of all the national championship final fours you covered? Yeah, I've covered three. So the last three final fours, so 16, 17, and 2022. I mean, the, 20, the last one was the most surprising for sure. 16 was cool. I mean, I used to go through them all. I mean, 16 was with Marcus Page. And Bryce Johnson, and they were a pretty good team. You know, not the best team, um, but they were a really good team that year. And you know, Bryce Johnson had a really, really good year. And remember that shot that Marcus Page hit yeah. against Villanova in the title game? Yes, yeah, so that was that year. So that was crazy because you know they lost in the last second shot after a miraculous shot to tie it um, with Marcus Page, and that locker room was crazy. And then you know because they were so sad, they're so broken. Right. Uh, it was a really eerie locker room to be in. This is back when we could go into locker rooms. Um, and then 17 was kind of like this redemption year. So they lost Page and Johnson. But they had Joel Berry come back. They had um, you know, Theo Pinson, Kenny Meeks, Isaiah Hicks, and Justin Jackson. That was a starting five. Um, and so that team was pretty good, too. It wasn't the best team, but they made a run, and they were, they were a, a veteran team with veteran guards and, and, and veteran and three good big men. I think Tony Bradley was on that team as well. And Luke May, I mean, Luke May hit that shot against Kentucky. So the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole thing about that run was the the shot against Kentucky in Memphis against uh, against Kentucky to advance to the Final Four. That was awesome too. Um, and he nailed that shot off the Theo Pinson assist. 
uh, very memorable moment there. Um, and then they, you know, they they had some tough games against Oregon and then to Gonzaga to win it all, but um, they toughed it out. wasn't wasn't the prettiest uh, run, but um, it was definitely uh, um, you know, they won the title that year. And then this year was crazy, man. It's like you know, number eight, <laughs> number eight seed, um, yeah. losing losing to Wake Forest, Miami, Pittsburgh. Um, you know, losing to Kentucky and Tennessee and Purdue um, by like 20 points, 30. I think they lost to Kentucky by 30 points early in the year. Um, and then just making a run, you know, getting better and better. They won 11 of the last 13 to close out the regular season. And they beat Duke uh, in Cameron. <laughs> in Cameron, uh, and, yeah. they beat, and then beat him again in the, in the <laughs> Final Four, man. And those are two games you know, you'll never forget. And I know Carolina fans will never forget beating Duke on Coach K's last games. Um, that, that was wild, man. And so that was a really fun run. Uh, it was Fort Worth, Philadelphia for the Sweet 16, and then New Orleans for the Final Four. Beating Duke in the in the semifinal game and then losing in a really tough, close game against Kansas. Um, but certainly didn't expect that run, for sure. So for me, like, like take us through this year. I'm going to just give an example for this year. Like, like you said, them guys losing so many games this year, Carolina lost. And for you to be in the locker room or to be around the inside guy or the inside in there to see what's going on, what changed from yeah. getting these blowouts to this momentum shift? Like, what happened? What was the moment? Yeah. Um, you know, I think it just got gradually, gradually better. They they really reduced their lineup. They played the starting five. They're calling them the iron five. And they played those guys so much. They didn't have a deep bench. You know, you saw Puff Johnson and Dontrez Styles, Eastern North Carolina guy there from Kinston. Um, you know, they played a little bit, but it was really the starting five. And just every game, they get a little better. They were beating the teams they were supposed to beat, except for Pitt. And then, really, Brady Manick broke out. He became really, really good shooter. Um, they got, um, you know, Baycott was super consistent. And By the I way, I know you're ball- happy about him coming back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Baycock coming back is huge. And then R.J. Davis, I thought, got uh, got a lot better throughout the season. He became the point guard. They gave Caleb Love, gave him the off-guard, two-guard spot. R.J. Davis was the point guard. That really kind of defined their roles. And Caleb Love had some huge games. Um, you know, uh, Baycott had some huge games. And then Brady Manick was very consistent, as was Baycott. And I think Leaky Black's defense was a big role, too. They all kind of had their role. And the chemistry just got better and better. You know, sometimes it takes time for these teams to, to get some chemistry. Some of these guys hadn't played together. Brady Manick was new. Um, you know, RJ Davis and Caleb Love were sophomores. They had a new system under Hubert Davis. So it just took, you know, 20 games to kind of get things going. And then once things clicked, the offense started rolling and they were really hard to beat. And I think it all came together. Um, you know, at Virginia Tech was a big win, but then at Duke in that second half, they were awesome. And so they used that momentum into the ACC tournament. Um, and then into the, into the tournament. So they were playing their best ball right, you know, right at the peak there against Marquette. They were incredible. Baylor, they looked great until they did it there in the second half. And then, you know, they were really good against UCLA and against Duke in the championship game. So tell us, tell the viewers, since you've seen Roy and now you've seen Hubert now, tell the viewers, like, what's the difference? Is there any difference in their coaching style, their philosophies, or is, you know, basically the differences? We say it again, sorry. The differences between no. Roy Williams, by you okay. seeing Roy Williams for years, now you're seeing Hubert. Like, do you see any differences in their coaching styles and philosophies? Yeah, I mean, they're both like very supportive of their players, but Hubert is super positive. And I don't know if that's a first year coach thing or just his personality. I think it's a little bit of both, but, you know, he is a 
you know, faith-based guy who is just super encouraging and positive, sets high goals and, and expects, but like believes in his players to kind of a ridiculous amount where you're like, I mean, that's, that's crazy. You believe that. I mean, he was saying this was a national championship team before the season started. And we were like, what, how's that possible? And he was so positive <laughs> about how good they were, you know, and some of it came true, which is kind of crazy, but his belief in his players and his support and positivity is just so next level. I don't know if there's any coach that's like that. I mean, look, Roy was a loved his players just as much, but that stood out about Hubert Davis. Um, you know, and Roy was, I think, a more interesting interview. You know, Roy could kind of get away with saying a lot of stuff. Uh, he, was fun to, he was fun to interview. You know, kind of had the old man rants, which were always fun. Every other game, he'd go on some rant, you know, about whatever. He was funny. He'd tell stories. It was very entertaining. Where Hubert is, in terms of a media perspective, Hubert is um, – you know, kind of boring in terms of his quotes. And, you know, maybe that's a first-year coach thing again, like not trying to, <laughs> you know, not right, trying right, to say right. too much of the media, but, right. you know, kind of repetitive in what he says. Mac Brown's the same way. They're very repetitive and they use the same lines a lot because um, they're doing all those sorts of media and they have these kind of these stories and lines they say. But, you know, Hubert was – it's very plain in terms of how he approaches the media, which, you know, that doesn't really matter for coaching. Um you know, I think I think players really can sense the love that Hubert has for them. I think that's a common among all coaches, but I think it's very evident with Hubert Davis. You know, he, he cares for them, he loves them, and that's very important. I think I think they enjoy playing for him. And look, he's younger. Um, yeah. You know, he's African American. I mean, I, you know, majority of players are African American. There's differences like that that I think have yeah. a role in recruiting and in coaching. He can relate to them. You know, he's 50. He played in the 90s. He played in the NBA for 12 years. You know, he was playing in the NBA and I guess in the 2000s, you know, all through the 90s, early 2000s. So he's not too far off from from their age. He's, he's kind of their parents' age, I would I would guess. Whereas yeah, Roy yeah, Williams yeah. was kind of their grandfather's age, you know. So um, there's, he can, you know, there's certain ways he can relate a little bit more to some of the modern day players. Um, and he worked for ESPN, you know, when you work for a company like that, you have a certain media savvy or a way to communicate that might be helpful as well. So he brings certainly a different element. I think the, playing the NBA, I think, is definitely one. I mean, he he's played under some unbelievable NBA coaches. Um, the Knicks, the Mavericks. I, I don't remember all the names, but the list of coaches he's played for the NBA is incredible too. He's learned a lot, which I think everybody. is which, which I think is uh, like Pat Riley. Um, you know, a bunch of different awesome coaches in, in the NBA. So, uh, like before I go to the next topic, like where do you think Manic would land in the NBA draft? Do you see first round or maybe second? Who, who is that again? Brandon Manning. Brandon Manning. Oh, <coughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That brought off you. Give a point straight. <laughs> I was reading. Uh, I was reading something my, my boss sent me. Um, look, I don't know if he gets drafted. Uh, I think. I, I think he could be a second round pick, but I don't think there's any noise about him. You know, I, I think a team could take a. He's definitely not going to be a first round pick. Um, I think a team could take a flyer on him because he's such a good shooter. Um, but he lacks a little bit of athleticism that I think teams look for. But look, late second round, put him in the corner. He can knock down threes. He's sorry, he's an incredible shooter. And he's six nine, six ten, six nine. You know, and, and that's a great size, kind of like a, a mini Dirk Nowitzki in terms of just put him in the corner and knock yeah. down some threes. Dirk, Dirk Nowitzki is, you know, seven foot, but that same kind of style. He is such a quick release, shoots so high. Um, it's hard to block. So I don't know. If, if he's an NBA guy, maybe a late-round guy. But you know how the NBA is now, man. It's all about athleticism. It's all about shooting. 
but you have to be able to guard, you know, these really fast, athletic, big players. And, you know, Grady Mack showed some flashes of being able to defend, but, you know, at times against Duke when um, Banchero would just destroy him. So I don't know, but he can make a lot of money somewhere because if you can shoot, you can play no matter right. no matter what what league, what area. I mean, you can make some money if you can shoot the ball. Did you think Bay, uh, Baycott would have been a first round? And do you know why? Like maybe why he came back? He just wanted to get another year, in, or he just didn't see his stock as high. Or yeah, I don't think he's a first round guy either. We actually interviewed him yesterday. Uh, I went down to Gastonia at the uh, this. Um, barnstorming event and oh yeah yeah there. i got it. my uh, dj is actually doing that um dj impulse he's dj okay. now there <laughs> yeah i might have met him i think uh yeah i'm not sure but um yeah he might have been a late late second round guy too i mean he i, I he came back because he wants to win a title whether it be acc title uh national championship um i think he enjoys college i think he's academically minded he's in the business school He's very, you know, he's all academic, all ACC academic guy. So once he gets his degree, I think he realizes that his game as a pure post player with a little bit of a limited athleticism doesn't translate to the NBA. You know, he doesn't have a three-point shot. He only scores kind of in the paint around the, you know, around 10 feet around the basket. So Baycott is a great college player. I'm not sure how much of an NBA player he'll be just because his style of play doesn't translate as well. Um but, you know, he probably would be like a second round, late second round pick as well. Um, and that was kind of his grade last year, too. That's why he came back last year. But, uh, again, you know, he is uh, – he'll make a lot of money somewhere playing basketball for a long time. And he's a, he's a bright kid. He knows what he's doing. So, he'll uh, he'll be good regardless. But, yeah, it's huge for UNC for next year. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, the other, um, by the way, um, yeah, I put up my – I don't know how many so uh, forget the sponsor. All right, PHP Easter, PHP Easter. Call, give them a call 919-738-1507. Email Phil Lamprand at PHP Easter, NC at gmail.com. Use the promo code Raw Mine. You'll get a special gift. The thing with um my main man, Phil Lamprand, although he's in Eastern North Carolina, he told me the other day he got clients for in Las Vegas and LA. I said, Maybe you don't need to put Eastern up there no more. Maybe you maybe you're going national now, man. You know, he helps out with retirement, you know, financial stability, things like that, even life insurance. So, you know, give him a call, hear him out, free consultation. He'll uh, try to see what he can do to make sure your life is better and prepare you for generational, you know, putting your generations in, in, in well intact, as I should say. I apologize about that. So now let's talk about the young Carolina teams, the football teams. You got big recruits coming in. How do you feel about UNC football coming in, Ross? Yeah, um, man, so they just wrapped up spring practice. Uh, it's going to be a little different. You know, no Sam Howell uh, going into this year, 2022. The Sam Howell era is over. You know, Mac Brown hasn't coached at UNC in this era, this, like, new era of his without Sam Howell. So um, you got Drake May and Jacoby Criswell kind of competing for the starting football job, uh, starting quarterback job for the football team. That's going to be interesting behind a young offensive line. There's a lot of question marks on the offense coming off of last season. Your know, last season was a pretty big disappointment, going six and seven um, to close out the year, losing to NC State. That was a crazy game against NC State, and losing in the bowl game to South Carolina. Not exactly how Tarles wanted to finish it. Um, so they're, you know, they were kind of. Um, it was a very disappointing season. So they were, you know, they were riding high, you know, top ten Heisman candidate, all this stuff, and they were cut down a few notches last year. So. This year, it, it, they're 
they're taking things. Uh, they're not setting expectations as high. I don't think. I think they're kind of being a little quieter in terms of how they're approaching the season. I think uh, you know Josh Downs is poised for a very very special season. Um, you know, it depends on how good the quarterback can be, but he, he's an NFL guy. Josh Downs set the record for receptions and yards last year, the single season yards receptions record. So Josh Downs, that's certainly a name to watch. Um, you know, some new names at running back, <clears throat> but I think the offense might take a step back without Sam Howe, without, you know, losing three starters on the offensive line. But I think the defense can be special um, or at least be good enough to, to win some games for UNC. I think they have a lot of returners on the uh, defensive line. Um, you know, linebackers, they lost Jeremiah Gimmel and Tamon Fox, but um, they have some good returners there. So I, I like the defense to be a lot better. I think the offense takes a little bit of a step back, but it all depends on how the quarterback um, kind of steps in. You know, we don't really know what Drake May is going to look like or what Jacoby Crystal is going to look like. So um, it should be interesting. You know, I think it's a, a big season for Mac Brown, UNC, in year four in his tenure here and the second time around in Chapel Hill. With that being said, All-Star Sports, ACCS, give them a call at 252-231-0238 or visit the website, allstarsportsaccs.com. Use promo code RAWMIND. Use the promo code RAWMIND. You'll get a 10% discount on all athletic apparel. She has everything for even Carolina apparel to Duke apparel to in New England Patriots, L.A. Chargers. She got it all in there. She got it all in there, Ross. But <laughs> by, the way, <laughs> by the way, while we go into it, uh, that's the question I was going to ask you right there since we were talking about football. Um, Sam Howell, let's start with this question first. Where do you see Sam Howell? First round? Drop it? Yeah, I don't know now. Like, I, I thought that for a while, but I've been looking at some mock drafts, and it looks like he's going to be a second-round guy, which is surprising because, I mean, there were times when people thought he'd be the number one pick, you know, last year. Um so yeah, I mean, I, I haven't looked at it too much. When's the draft? It's is it two weeks from now? Yeah, it is. It it's, is. It's not this in weekend. April. It's, yeah, yeah, It'll be in next April. Week. Yeah, two weeks from now. Yeah, on the Thursday. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I need to, you know brush up on a little bit of what, where he is. But I looked at a mock draft today actually, and he was second round. So um, yeah, I think the quarterback talent is just not very good in this draft. So you have Malik Willis ahead of him. You have Kenny Pickett ahead of him, and then you know wow. it's, it's Matt Corral or Sam Howell. So I, I think it's turning into be a second round pick. But look, I love Sam Howell in terms of his talent, what he can bring. He's a little short, um, but you know he can throw it. He has all the throws, and he's so tough. Um, you know I covered him, his recruitment, and uh, as a Tar Heel for three years. So I've seen it all for Sam Howell. Man, he guy's tough. He can throw. And he's a gamer, and he makes big plays. And, I mean, I'm excited for what he can be in the NFL if he gets with the right team, right situation. I think Mitch Trubisky, who was the number two pick back in 17, was, uh, you know, where he went, what, what team he went to, and where he went number two didn't help him. So I'm hoping Sam right. Howe can, can get a, a good spot where maybe he can learn for a year or two or, or at least be with a, a system that, that plays to his, uh, his game. I really think, like, with Sam Howe alone – I guess the season this year, people expected more on a winning level. But like you say, his talent is for me is is really really good. So I'm gonna ask you a this is what I call people a raw thought question. Okay, Sam Howell, see, uh, ceiling is it? <laughs> and you might still say, uh, uh, I was ready to hear your question. I'm gonna let you answer. It. Is it ceiling? Because you said short quarterbacks. Is it ceiling Russell Wilson, or is the bottom Baker Mayfield? Wow. 
Uh, <laughs> I had to give you so a thinking Steve, question, man. Ceiling is uh, Russell Wilson. Yes. And you've seen the, the floor. You said the floor is Baker Mayfield. Yes. I mean, that's a pretty high floor. I mean, Baker Mayfield <laughs> was a four-year starter. But yeah. um, so I have to pick either one. Yeah, I mean, you could go go either or. Man. I ain't gonna put you. I, ain't gonna I mean, put I'll go. On you. you know, I don't think he can. Be, I don't think he's. Gonna be, I think Russell Wilson's a super special player, but I think he is. Uh, God, it's tough. I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll take the Tar Heel side here. I think he's closer. He'll be closer to Russell Wilson than Baker Mayfield. I don't know. I was saying that. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's hard to be that good. You know. Um, I was gonna I put Kyler Murray in it, but I didn't want to <laughs> confuse you too much with that. Yeah, so, I mean, I think he's gonna be a little bit in the middle be there. Better than Kyler Murray. Uh, yeah, Kyle Murray's story is not told yet, you know, completely. But that's that's a great question. Makes yeah, you think. Yeah. You know, I, I hope he can be a little bit better than Baker Mayfield. Um, but Baker Mayfield, you know, he had his moments. You know, I, I, he's going to find some team and probably be a starter again. But you know, he was a four-year starter for the Browns. Um, you hope that Sam can be better than that. But right. it's tough, man. There, it's there's a reason why these guys make so much money. There's only thirty jobs in the world, and about ten of them are good. You know, about 10 to 15 are good at their job. It's crazy profession where, like, you know, only 15 people in the world can succeed at being an NFL quarterback. So, um, you know, I hope he, I hope he gets on a team where he can start and show it. Um, I think he is he has some great talent. Um, and so I hope he can be a little bit higher than the floor of, of Baker Mayfield. That's, that's a really interesting question. I don't think – I mean, I think Russell Wilson is a Super Bowl champion. It's going to be hard to be as good as him. I think you froze there on me. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a thought, the reason I threw it up there, I was looking at their styles. Like, I didn't know if he was Baker. Mm-hmm. I know he moves out a lot. He's mobile like Russell. He can stand in the pocket. Now, it's times where people – a lot of people don't like Baker Mayfield, but it's times when he can stand in that pocket and make those tough throws. But a lot of people don't think that, I guess, Baker don't make those. The thing about it, I'm like, what is his style like? Because, like – you can um, but yeah, you you break. Yeah, it up so really uh, can, can, can you, you hear me? You see? Yeah, you're breaking. I'm good up. to go. Can you see me? Yeah, yeah I can hear you. Good. I can hear you well. Right. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're breaking up in and out. I don't know. It's probably my. Oh, yeah, go I'm ahead. good. I'm good. All right. So uh, all right. So. I got to like one more question on that end. By the way, before I do it, at the Pure Technology, at the Pure Technology, H2 Fuel, healthy, healthy water that purifies and makes sure your body is pure. I know you found this here. So it's 919-434-3972, 919-434-3972. Visit the website, www.valor.com slash Prissy, P-R-I-S-S-Y, Inc. I, I use promo code RawMind, you get a 20% deal. On topics, all right. So, try to see how make sure I still got Ross here. Ross, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, I can hear you. You good to go? All right. Yep. So, before we get y'all, because you got like a few few more seconds, I'm gonna ask you this question. I'm supposed to ask you about football. Who is the one guy or two or three guys? Well, two guys that's gonna surprise people that people haven't seen they didn't see last year, or may make a big jump in their level of play. Carolina this football. Yes, sir. That's yes, a good sir. question. I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Dez Evans. Um, Dev Evans is a, a six foot six, two hundred and sixty five pound defensive end, and I think in Gene Chizik's defense, we didn't talk about Gene Chizik. You know, they got two new defensive coaches 
um, for the Tar Heels there. Yeah. I think with uh, with Gene Chizik's new offense, they're going to have Des Evans, who was a, a big-time four-star recruit down uh, south of here in Sanford, North Carolina. Uh, he'll be a pure rushing, pure pass rushing defensive end. I think he's going to make a lot of plays. He's got great size. He's entering his junior year, kind of when these defensive linemen start having you know, b- bigger breakout years. So I look to Des Evans um, to have a big year, in, in moving from a, kind of an outside linebacker position to more of a pure defensive end, hand in the dirt, rush the quarterback position. I like him. And I'll give you one on, on offense as well. Um, I think a name to know um, is George Petaway. He's a running back. He's a true freshman early enrollee. So he is a January enrollee. He should be in high school. Yeah, I don't know if he has a huge year this year. I think he'll get some time. I think he has a type of athleticism, a type of uh, quickness, agility, and ability at the running back spot to to make a lot of plays. If it's not this year, it's going to be his sophomore, junior season. Um, a super talented guy out of the Virginia Tidewater area, George Petaway. Oh, um, they need they need some they need someone at running back to step up. So I think Petaway could be that guy. It's a kid that's from this area, Silver. Is he playing yet? Is he playing? He's gonna get some minutes. Keyshawn Silver. Yes. Yeah, he, he hasn't broken. I mean, he's still young. He hasn't broken through yet. I mean, he's a big dude. Um, so you know, he hopefully can be kind of a depth player this year. He's big, you know, he's got a kind of I think they kind of had to work with him on on weight and kind of figure out where he fits in. But um there he was a big time recruit um two years ago. So they're hoping he can at some point, you know, get more more reps. But he's more of a I think will be more of a depth player this year. You know, back up, you know, maybe 10, 20 snaps a game. Um, but they have a lot of big bodies at defensive line. It's going to be exciting to see that group grow this year. All right, real quick. So, um, before we get you all, because I know you're a busy man, and I'm going to bring you on the <laughs> councilman. He's a diehard Tar Heel fan, you know, so I'm gonna, he might be honored to hear you right now, to hear you talk. But uh, <laughs> so, like, take tell the people real quick, like, the journey. Like, even though you didn't know Carolina basketball was get to the Final Four. And how did that hit you, like, as a the inside Carolina guy, it's pretty much jump and go, like unexpectedly. Like for you to, I'm pretty sure you didn't think they were going to the final four before it happened. I'm not talking about when they play against St. Peter's. So mm-hmm. how did they hit you? They probably like, hey, we about to go to the final four. Do you have to like stop everything you're doing to go? It's kind of like already acquired with the job. But I know New Orleans probably fun for you though, because you had a whole yeah. week probably going to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're working a lot. We're not having too much fun. But yeah, I mean, a block out. <laughs> You block out all March. Um, you block out all three weekends for work, and um, you know you're kind of at the call to go. If that happens, you, you kind of keep the, the weekends open. You, you hope they make it. Man, it's fun, and this is why you work. You know, late nights in the Dean Dome and late nights covering teams and going to practices and, and press conferences and all the boring stuff. You work for these big moments, so you hope they can win playing the big games, the big bowl games for football, ACC championships for football the big games that matter, top 10 games at Notre Dame. And then for basketball, I mean, you <coughs> – excuse me. You work for covering the, the big Duke games and um, in the Final Four. I mean, that's what you hope for. ACC tournament's always fun. And so, um, you, you know, you're ready to go and you're excited to go. I couldn't wait to, to get down to New Orleans. It's super fun. Final Four is an awesome event to go to if you ever have a chance to go. Um, you know, any any fans out there, it's, it's awesome just to go and hang around the city – and New Orleans is definitely a fun, you know, cool city for fans. There's a lot to do there for fans. Um, so it was uh, it was awesome, man. Oh, man. With that being said, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about uh, one more quick – you can make it quick and short if you want to. Sure. Coach K, not, Coach K not around anymore, as in on the bench. Like, 
as you've been around covering, even though you're a Carolina guy, covering that, how much of a difference will it be or impact you think John Shaw would have? Yeah, I mean, it's a, that's the big question, man. Like, you know, we kind of see what UNC is going to be under Hubert Davis. You know, you're kind of like, all right, Hubert Davis is kind of figure out what he is. But, John, you just don't know. You don't know. The big thing with Duke is like, is it Duke or is it Coach K that's the reason why they've been good? You know, it's, you know he's been there for 30 plus years, right? Since 1980, 40, 42 years. Wait. Yeah, he was there for 42. Yeah, years. yeah, 1980. 1980. Yeah. yeah. So you wonder, is it Duke that makes him good or is it Coach K that makes him good? So, you know, it's kind of like, um, you know, it's like Alabama. Could Alabama be what they are without Nick Saban? Like the right, guys right. that are so such a good coach, such good recruiters, and kind of are the brand, um, you wonder how good they can be without that guy. So, you know, John Shire's never been a head coach. Hubert Davis was never a head coach. He's learned under one of the best. Uh, and recruiting has, has kept on pretty good so far for John Shire. I think they will still be able to land – recruits but you just don't know with a guy that young I mean, he's younger than me which is kind of crazy to think about um and so it'd be very interesting to track and i think you know he have all the resources to succeed um and i think coach k will behind the scenes be uh, still an influential player there but um I i'm excited to see kind of what happens on john shire i mean I, I watched him as a i watched him play you know like he's younger than me he he's like he's like two years younger than me so i watched him i cheered against him i mean he was in school kind of Right after I was at you Duke. threw that in cheer so, the gift. <laughs> what do you say? I said you threw that in there, cheered against them. <laughs> yeah, I mean I went to UNC. So uh I, mean, I remember I remember him. I mean, he was around, you know, the Shire face was a big thing, the faces he would usually make, he would make when he played. So uh it's kind of crazy seeing these guys now coach. Man, that's great, man. With that being said, Ross, I appreciate you having your time up here coming on. I'm gonna let you get back to your wonderful day. You know, you get a chance to um maybe relax a little bit. You'll have to cover anything you would see today. I don't know. Maybe you do. <laughs> but <laughs> with that being said, yeah. is there anything left you want to say? The floor is yours on your conclusion. No, nah, man, I appreciate I appreciate having you on. And uh uh, you know, it was awesome meeting you through Sean, Sean Drone. Any friend of Sean is a friend of mine. So um it was good meeting you this fall. And I'm uh appreciate you having me on, man. Looks like you got a pretty good show here with all these ads. I didn't know you had as many these all these ad reads, man. I didn't know you're <laughs> Rolling in the dough with all these ads. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, nah, it was good talk to you, man. All right. Thanks, Ross, man. I appreciate you, man. All right. I'll see you. See you. Now, with that being said, people, that was Ross, man, inside Carolina. He pretty much covers all Carolina football, basketball, sports. Wherever they need him, man, he's pretty much there. He's he's everywhere. Wherever they need him to go, he's going. Raw thoughts. With that being said, you know, we got a nice guy coming on. Council. Councilman running for award, because I want to say the wrong award. Raw thoughts. In Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. We call him Mr. Put Your Shoes On. That's right. They call him Mr. Put Your Shoes On. Here you go. He's coming on and by the name of Jay Kelly Walker. Jay My Kelly, man. what's up, champ? What's up with your prime? <laughs> so, before we start the show, man, you know, uh, you know, tell some of the viewers on Raw Mind Sports. I like to ask some questions on sports. Who your favorite college team, uh, Jay Kelly? Oh man, you know I'm a Carolina man all day. <laughs> I know football team for people who don't know NFL. Oh, I'm a Cowboy fan all day. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Yeah. Favorite basketball player, NBA. Oh, hands down, LeBron James. LeBron's still the best in the league? 
the best ever. <laughs> the best yeah, ever. You yeah. heard it, people. The, the best, best ever. <laughs> With that being said, man, it's good to have you on the show. Uh, we're gonna talk about your red man as a councilman, man, and um, you know, tell the viewers about you what you're trying to do for your councilmanship that you're about yeah. to win. So let's get mm-hmm. into it. Raw thoughts right here, Jay Kelly Walker. Mm-hmm. So main thing, Prime, like I want to first say, man, thank you for having me on. It's always an honor to come on your show, man. And not only in Tarboro, but Rocky Mountain, man, we love what you do down this way too, man. So my favorite saying, rumble, champ, rumble, you know, so be great. But main thing, man, I was running the city council race. I jumped in it because I think younger, the city needs some energy. It needs some new life. It's a new moment right now, and. I just feel right now I'm the voice for the voiceless. So I'm out running for city council. Um, right. The youth needs the voice, the voice. Um, older people need a bridging gap that can bridge that gap between younger people and the older generation. I am the bridge. So mm. I'm out just trying to make it happen, man. And just running this race is all we can do, man. So I'm going to ask you a question. Um, being a councilman. Did you see before you jumped into this race? Do you see so many different things now while you're running the race or putting your shoes on? Is what you say? Like, has things like when you first got into it, you like you probably meant, man, this is smooth selling. This could be easy. But have you seen things once you got into the what they said, as JC said, fresh out the fire frying pan into the fire? That's the verse. There you go. Yeah, man, it's always <laughs> different, I guess. Like everybody, you go to a high school basketball game, football game. Everybody can coach from the stands, but it's different when you're on the sidelines and you in the fight. It's different mm. to call the shots from the outside. It's totally different, man. Um, meeting people and you kind of, you know, you can go into a house, you can talk to somebody for two hours, you know, like, ah, uh, and they leave you with, oh, uh, yeah, I, I might vote for you. You know, it's kind uh. of those moments quite a lot. Um, but you have a lot of people too, man, that mean the world to them. Like yesterday, I was out knocking, met a 74 year old man. Said so out his whole life, first time somebody ever knocked at his door mm. and introduced himself personally to vote. But he votes every election. So um, it's a lot of perks to it, man, a lot of goods to it. Just meet different people, meet their concerns. And um, it's, just, it's just a sighting time, man. It, it, it take a toll on you, but it's 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 all worth it, man. I, I truly believe it'll be all worth it in the end. So, like going to these uh, houses, did you get, catch anything different? What have you learned from your um as running for councilman now that people probably already told you? And I'm pretty sure you're going to people asking them what is that needed, what is something that's mm-hmm. very important to them. Like, is there anything different that you found out, you know, since you've been running? Not really. I think um, sometimes just certain stuff be stamped that everybody in the world is, is nobody's that's the same. Everybody's different. Husband and wife are different. <clears throat> you can go in a neighbor home. It's totally different, man. Um, so that's the beauty of it. Just meeting people where they are and getting to see that people, all people are just different. Nobody's the same in the world. So that's one thing I have definitely noticed. Like you'd be shocked the way some people think. Man, that's that's tough. So like what is um what have you been noticing? Like, I know other councilmen, I know other wards have different ways of doing things that you have your mm-hmm. own way of doing stuff. Have, have you taken anything out of their books? Or like, have you said like, you know, hey, I may do something kind of similar from other wards and how they're running stuff? Or it's just like your ward is just actually different from other wards, if that makes sense. But the thing with Rocky, this ward I'm running in, man, economic development is very good in this area. Um, You have mm-hmm. Pfizer, Wesleyan, you have Huntington, you have... uh. 
Rocky Mountain Prep. You have so many different uh, Walmarts in the ward, uh, two Ooh. sheets in the ward. Uh, so That's it's like that ward over there, ain't you? Yeah, man, we're doing quite <laughs> well over here economic. And it's a lot of small businesses going down 301, DMVs in the ward. So it's a lot of different um, economic development going on in the ward. You have a few housing developments going on in the ward. So Ward 7 is more is, um, is thriving in most areas. And you have a few areas that is kind of crime has invaded in. You have a few houses that need to be redone. But hmm. um, main thing, man, you just need some energy. You got to have some new energy. And I think that's the thing people like to say experience. But like I always tell people, man, I remember 18, put my boots on going to Afghanistan. I wasn't hmm. in experience at that time. So, um. Yeah, man, you just gotta go through the you gotta go through to get through, man. So I'm fine with everything, man. So it's it's good. So how did that prep that Afghanistan since you talked about that? How did that prep you into this moment right now? Dealing with a diverse group of people. That's Ooh. what Afghanistan done for me. Um 348 days, 12 months on the ground, man. You know, you got neighbors of different races, different gender, just how to deal with different personalities. We all came from different walks of life. Same thing in this war. We all, it's very diverse war. So just um, understanding people. I don't always have to be understood. I understand people. So um, mm. that's the main thing. You got to have, you got to be able to understand people. And then you can, you learn how to understand them. You can deal with them better. But if you're always trying to be understood, it's, it's kind of tough to do sometimes. <laughs> so have you thought about like, I know you you didn't know you know a lot, you learned a lot, you've been through Afghanistan, you've been places mm -hmm. like that. Um, is it one little thing that you probably learned right now that you're saying, like, oh wow, I didn't know this part? Like, is it something that's that sticks in your brain, like, ah, this part? Um, I guess just you want people to see you for who you are, not as just another black candidate, but you want to be seen as the right candidate. Um, and I think that's one thing I, if I could change, I wish I could, I definitely would, um, to make the world a better place, especially with just race, man. Um, don't see me as just a young African-American running for city council. Just see me as the right candidate, a qualified candidate, which I am. So that's one of the main things. You becoming the councilman of that ward. What is something mm -hmm. that you want to see overall and rocking out overall? I'm pretty sure... All wars have their particular wars, but it's whatever they could do to help any war. I'm pretty sure guys will step in and, and, and help yeah. if they need the help or if somebody's asked. What do you want to see overall for all Rocky Mount? Man, I want to see I want to see most communities look like War Seven yeah. with economic development, with housing development, um, some affordable housing. Also, see more. I think one thing I, I would also like to see in the ward, man, as far as a city overview. I would also like to see Wesleyan be utilized more than what it is to be marketed more, to be more, feel more a part of Rocky Mount than what it is. Um, great college campus, man. Great sports programs, a lot going on. And what ways can we get kids more involved with Wesleyan College? That's a big thing. And also, what way can we get those young kids coming out of school, or even that 45-year-old, 50-year-old who's looking to go into the entrepreneurial world, the need the resources that man partner them with different community college and the small business programs or what they have going on, man. Um, I'm pretty big on that, man. So reach back and help somebody else cross because somebody helped me. So I, I see that, um, you know, somebody I guess get your war familiar with. Like I know you and TJ Walker, another councilman, 
in the um, mm-hmm. um in Rocky Mount. You guys had this group, y'all helped like these guys and the communities, kids, and you took them places, you taught them things like discuss that briefly so people get a feel. So it's a summer program. We take a 30 for kids and love for kids. So it's a program we call Leadership Academy because we want every kid in the program to be a leader. So you, you bring them in. I think this summer we had maybe 30 to 35 kids between the ages of eight and 13. And what we was able to do, man, bring in different speakers, um, DAs, judges, elected officials, entrepreneurs, everyday working people, um, a few athletes, but just let them know anything you want to be in the world, you can be. If you put your mind to it, you can do it. And you try to teach them that, that man, this life thing is, is not easy. It's hard because the way I get through something, you're not going to get through it. And there's no manual to this life thing, man. So you just got to find a way to get through mm. to get to. Um, so um, just teach them how to push through whatever they're going through, man. When adversity come, always remember it shall pass. It's going to pass. Just keep fighting a good fight, man. And um, remember telling one of the kids summertime, man, I've never been through a storm, Prime, that didn't run out of rain. But if God gives some windshield wipers, I keep wiping and I get through it. So that's a beautiful thing, man, to do to keep pushing, man, and know that um, you are the driver in life. Don't let life drive you. So just always be man. the driving force, man. Drive. Don't let life drive you. Well, I ain't going to um, hold you too much longer. Um, this is your time to give your raw thoughts. Tell everything you want the people to know about. Mm-hmm. Mr. Put on your shoes, J. Kelly Walker. So, man, I told him, man, it's a new day. Uh, I told him joy come in the morning, Prime. And I think the thing of it is, man, um, I heard a saying one time, a guy said his granddad told him every morning, man, put your shoes on and get dressed. The world is somebody out there waiting for you. So every day I wake up, man, I tell them I'm, I put my shoes on. I get ready because somebody's waiting on something that God's gave me to get to them, man. I was saying today, Prime, I know I'm doing right because the devil won't leave me alone. So I know I'm doing something right. Ooh. When the devil on you, that means you're doing something right. When he's not messing with you, you might want to kind of relook at your plans and say, why he's not attacking me. So every day I wake up, I tell the devil, man, your favorite person, he up. Come get me because I'm going to get you. So that's the thing, man. I know I'm doing something right because he, he won't <laughs> leave me. Oh, boy. I love- he won't leave me alone, Prime. So I just keep fighting, man. I tell the devil every day I got my shoes on because somebody out there waiting on me, you ain't going to stop me from getting to him. So um, that's it, man. I just try to be me, be who I am. That's all I can do, man. And I hope that folks, you know, my prayer on this journey, man, and I know God got me covered because I got my mom got some good good insurance with God. So I know I got mine, but I'm on hers too. So I always (laughs) tell people, man, I know I'm covered. And I just hope people on this journey just see me as the right person, the right candidate. And give me an opportunity to represent this award. Um, because it's it's bigger than me, it's about all of us, and so I'm just excited, man. Man, I I, I see it. That's what you heard right then, man. Jay Keller Walker just said raw thoughts. Yeah, he said the devil, he told the devil, your favorite man is up. Mm-hmm. Like you that, that, he just he just gotta leave it today. He said your favorite man yeah. is up. I'm up. So, you know, <laughs> hey, I'm a son of the king, man. So I'm that, up. <laughs> Absolutely, man. With that being said, man, what's your name of greatness? I know you're gonna win the um the council seat. I know it's easy yeah. said and done because I know you probably say Absolutely. you still gotta go out there and vote for me. So that's yeah. what we're gonna go with. <laughs> that's what we gotta do. That's what, what we're gonna do. So 
that's the main thing, man. Just getting out, meeting people, and making it happen, man. Let them know. Hey, y'all, y'all see what he's saying, people? Get out and vote. Put your shoes on. He'll put on his put shoes and come meet on. you. If you want to, you want to meet dressed. J. Kelly in the ward. Hey, yeah, anytime. Right. You can meet me anytime. <laughs> put on your shoes. Get dressed. I said it wrong. He just can't go out there naked. You can't go out there just nah. with shoes. You got to put on your clothes, too. But the shoes <laughs> are very important. <laughs> when you get dressed and put your shoes on, hey, it's a new day. Man, it's that's the day. motto. J. Killer, I appreciate you big time. And with that being said, guys, I appreciate everybody who came on to Raw Mind Sports, who watched, who tuned in for this, who also tuned in for Ross Martin on this podcast. And I try to bring on not only sportscasters or podcasters, I'm trying to do things a little bit different for Raw Mind Sports. I want to bring on politicians or community people who are involved in the community. It's not just about that. Bringing the raw story to light, the raw story, and bringing these unique faces to where they deserve the attention. It's bigger than me. It's just me doing my purpose. Like he said, what God told him, this is my purpose. God is allowing me to use my gift to shine light on the people who really deserve it. But that being, you guys already know the deal, raw thoughts. You know, tune in on Spotify, iHeartRadio, um, tune in Apple Podcast, YouTube. This is YouTube link. If you ain't seen it, you can come back and see it. Um, it's always available for you guys. And Raw Mind is out. My man. Eyes open and listen. This is Raw Mind Sports, another edition.